0: We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to
1: 347-324-5552. Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Lori Williams. Before I be a slave, I be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Oh my Ladies and gentlemen, the Democratic leader of the United States House of Representatives, the Honorable Nancy Pelosi.
2: Good morning, everyone. Mr. Vice President, Mr. Speaker, Leader Reid, Leader McConnell, Senator Schumer, the Senate sponsor of the, the bill, brings us here today, and of course, our colleague Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton who has been a relentless champion and congratulations this is your day. (laughs) Dr. Medford, Nettie, congratulations to you and to your family. One hundred and fifty years ago as New Year's Year's approached, as midnight approached in in 1863 Frederick Douglass gathered with fellow abolitionists in Tremont Temple in Boston. With great anticipation, they awaited the official news of emancipation, knowing that freedom of a people and the character of a nation hung in the balance. Describing the spirit in that room, Frederick Douglass would later write, We were waiting and listening for a bolt from the sky. We were watching by the dim light of the stars for the dawn of a new day. We were longing for the answer to the agonizing prayers of centuries. Since escaping slavery, he had acted and agitated to usher in the dawn of a new day. And as the clock struck midnight, an agonizing prayer was answered. President Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. It would take more than two years for the proclamation to reach the slaves in Galveston, Texas, on June 19, 1865, Juneteenth, a celebration of freedom we mark today, so appropriately. This year, on New Year's Eve, a number of members, a bipartisan group of members, uh, went to the National Archives to ring in the 150th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation and to recognize all who helped make it a reality. Certainly more than central to that cause was Frederick Douglass. In that time Frederick Douglass stood tall at the center of the battle for abolition and civil rights, for an American that lived up to the creed of equality. Starting today Frederick, Frederick Douglass will stand tall in the U.S. Capitol, a tribute to his leadership, to his prominent place in the pantheon of history. Frederick Douglass earned fame and recognition as an abolitionist and a leader, but he was also a leader in the fight for women's suffrage, as has been acknowledged. Many of us celebrated Frederick Douglass another time by visiting Seneca Falls on the 150th anniversary of his speech to the first Women's Rights Convention, a speech that recognized women's rights and civil rights as connected chapters in the struggle for equality. We celebrate him when we visit the Frederick Douglass National Historical Site right here in Washington, D.C., and of course, as a A person born in Baltimore and Maryland. I know Steny and Elijah and Donna Edwards and our other colleagues from Maryland, certainly Senator Mikulski, uh, take pride uh, in his Maryland associations as well. When it comes to equality in our country, Frederick Douglass's voice is still being heard. Indeed, it is appropriate that his statue would represent the District of Columbia for his advocacy of D.C. voting rights and his decision to spend the last years of his life at Cedar Hill in Washington. Today, the more than 600,000 citizens of Washington will, still see, will see a statue finally representing them in Emancipation Hall in the Capitol, a tribute to him and again to the relentless leadership of Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton. We know that a single statue is not enough. What Frederick Douglass and so many of us want is full representation in the halls of Congress. As Frederick Douglass wrote of the people of D.C., quote, they have neither voice nor vote, close quote. And it is incumbent upon all of us to right this wrong of history and to afford the District of Columbia the voice it deserves. Fifty years ago, President Kennedy spoke for the first time of civil rights. This was just a week ago, 50 years ago, a week ago. He spoke for the first time of civil rights as primarily a moral issue. He reminded us that our nation will not be fully free until all of our citizens are free. Today, with the statue of Frederick Douglass, we honor a man of moral vision, known by many as the father of the civil rights movement, a leader who worked to make our nation fully free. He joins fellow heroes on that journey who have been acknowledged, who are present in the Capitol, Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr., Sojourner Truth, Rosa Parks, each now with a rightful place in the Capitol. And as has been indicated by Senator Schumer, we want more. Uh, Each understood the truth of Douglass' statement. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will, he said. Frederick Douglass demanded freedom. He demanded a nation that stayed true to its ideals. He demanded and helped achieve a more perfect union, and we still have work to do. Uh, on the statue, uh, there are many things uh, on this beautiful, isn't it beautiful, a statue. It, it says on the side, that soul that is in me, no man can degrade. The soul that is in me, no man can degrade. How perfect. How beautiful. May this statue long stand as a testament to the inspirational life, the timeless message, and the extraordinary leadership of Frederick Douglass. Thank you. thank you.
0: Very much. I want to thank you so much for sharing your love and respect for Frederick Douglass and giving me that warm greeting. I do appreciate it. I would like to first start by thanking Vice President Joe Biden, House Speaker John Boehner, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell, House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi, Senator Charles Schumer, Congresswoman, a special thank you, Eleanor Holmes Norton, and Dr. Edna Medford. I am so pleased that on this day, all of the classic written works, the famous quotes, the powerful speeches, and the remarkable accomplishments of Frederick Douglass will be enshrined in bronze here at Emancipation Hall. Those treasures belong to history, but the belief and spirit of Frederick Douglass still belong to me. Frederick Douglass believed as a human being that all of us, regardless of our race, gender, religion, or sexual orientation, we were born to live free and equal. How easy it would have been for a man born into chains to have the opposite view. Frederick Douglass believed as an American, that the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence were conceived to elevate every citizen of this great country. How easy it would have been for a man born without a country to reject its most sacred text. Frederick Douglass believed as an individual that reconciliation and forgiveness made us better as he wrote to his former owner saying, quote, I love you, but hate slavery. End of quote. How easy it would have been for a man that faced so much misplaced loathing throughout his life to carry the burden of hatred to his grave. But he did not. Frederick Douglass's belief in goodness was often beyond the logic of personal experience and circumstance. And that's why I hold so closely to my heart the spirit of the man I am lucky enough to call my great-great-grandfather. And though I cling tightly, he is not mine alone. Frederick Douglass gave his spirit as a birthright to all of us. On behalf of his family, I would like to say that we are humbled by the honor of this handsome bronze statue in this glorious hall. At the same time, we pray that the spirit of Frederick Douglass will live intensely in your hearts and in the hearts of people everywhere. Thank you.